Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Hello there, and a big shout out to all of my international audience and fans. I want to thank all of you for listening each week for your support and tuning into the Transformation for Success show. And just as a reminder, I'm live on the Empowerment Channel Tuesdays at noon and live on the Women's Channel on Fridays at noon. Both of these shows are available for downloading shortly after the last show on my website. And it's also on iTunes, Transformation for Success. So I want you to share with your friends and colleagues. Today, I am so excited we have a woman trailblazer that I call who's made remarkable progress in her transformational journey. This woman was born in Afghanistan who entered an international beauty pageant and wore a bikini that sparked a movement for women's rights that made the world sit up and pay attention. Miss the show and hear Miss Vita Samazai's transformational journey. So call your friends, Tell them to be sure to listen in to this show, and they can download it later, as I said earlier, for their listening pressure. So let me share just a little bit about my guest today. Vita is the first Afghan woman to participate in an international pageant. She appeared in the pageant Miss Earth in 2003 in a red swimsuit that was not worn as a fashion statement, but as a freedom statement to raise awareness of Afghanistan women's rights that had been suppressed for over a decade. Now this created, as you can imagine, worldwide media attention. And she was featured in Time Magazine, US News and World Report, The Washington Post, Huffington Post, and many international papers. She was also given a special um, and the only award ever given by the President of the United States, Beauty for a Cause, for her tireless charity work. She is a successful model, actress, MC, spokesperson, and an international humanitarian advocate. She's a household name in India, and she's been an ambassador for Pepsi, Reebok, Ever Youth Cosmetic, and many more, just to say a few things about my guest. Now, to my guest today, Ms. Vita Samazai. Hi, Vita. How are you? Hi, Dr. Young. Great. Thank you. Well, it is a pleasure to have you on the show today, and I'm so happy that I ran into you, beautiful woman, at the Miss America States and Miss International America States uh, pageant on the Queen Mary some months ago in Long Beach, California. So you have such an incredible journey, uh, transformational journey, and one of the things that you uh, stated, that you've been transformed from a young, naive, and too polite person into this firm, certain, strong, determined, and ambitious woman today. So tell us how this all began for you. And my goodness, what was it like growing up as a little girl? Um, Thank you for having me in a beautiful show. Uh, The pleasure was all mine to have met you. Um, Well, about my journey, I Mm -hmm. was a very young girl full of passion, in Mm -hmm. Afghanistan. I was born and raised 
in a beautiful, wonderful family, and uh-huh. educated. My mom and dad both studied abroad, uh-huh. and my grandfather, my mom's father, was um, in the government. So we were very exposed to international customs and cultures, and knowing, uh, you know, being a child at that time, I was really involved in women's rights, helping, uh, you know, do charity, contribute to the society, help out uh-huh. with charity, volunteer work. So eventually I had the strong feeling that I would make a difference. As a young kid, I made such impact on, you know, homeless people, little kids uh-huh. here and there. I felt like I should really pursue this because it made me feel good to help others. And for some reason, I had a strong belief I would just end up coming to America and living here and having this second uh-huh. home besides uh-huh. Afghanistan. And that really happened. And coming here, um, found an opportunity. I still continued my charity work and uh-huh. uh, humanitarian work. Eventually, one thing led to another, and here I am. Wow. Well, you know, knowing about Afghanistan uh, and even after the fall of the Taliban, women in your country are still suffering oppression and abuse. How did you escape a lot of the the horrors that we've heard about, you know, Afghans girls and married by the time or engaged by the time they were 12? How did how did you break free of all of that or not got in, not get involved with all of that? <laughs> well, I kind of <laughs> was and I wasn't. So mm-hmm. what happened was, like I said, uh, my family, they were always for education and I managed to, um, I did see a bit of the war, the, the rockets, the bombs exploding, all that. I've seen a bit of that as well. Oh, I can also imagine. A wonderful, yeah, that was towards my later teenage years where I left the country. But when I was a child, I was brought up in this beautiful family, warm, friendly. Mm-hmm. We were always happy and ambitious. And my dad was also working for the government as, as, as well as having businesses. My mom was a kindergarten teacher. So mm-hmm. we all we had a wonderful life. Like the regime, obviously we've gone through different regimes. And I remember my mom wearing like short mini skirts and tank tops. Her pictures were there. Like it really, Afghanistan was a, a very modern country in mm-hmm. I believe sixties, seventies, right. even mid eighties. Mm-hmm. And that all changed after towards. Um, getting closer to the 90s. And I remember being a teenager that I had to deal with a lot of these <coughs> suffrage, excuse me, women's mm-hmm. rights and how mm-hmm. they were all um, being tortured, actually. And mm-hmm. again, I really felt helpless, yet here I have this passion to help them out, but I can't do anything because I was a young kid and I still didn't have a voice, but mm-hmm. a fire course. inside of me was dying mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. not dying, basically. It was just, igniting to just do something and Mm -hmm. I got lucky I got um I managed to leave the country via India to come to Mm -hmm. America for education to pursue Mm -hmm. my education because I was in high school and just graduated so I really am one of those luckiest girls that I managed to escape the country because I had a lot of families already when I was eight years old or something they had their eyes on me saying we want this girl for our son like mm-hmm. I if imagine I stayed there. Oh my God! If I stayed there, even though my parents were educated, but we weren't allowed to date or have boyfriend because it was a bad image in my culture. Mm-hmm. So of course I had to be a good girl and listen to my parents, and probably ended up marrying somebody at that time. But no, I got lucky. I came to America to pursue education. 
I guess one of one of your blessings too, Vita, as I look at it, is that you didn't grow up poor because a lot of the the poverty had really affected a lot of the women. Uh, in particular, you know, if they're from poor, impoverished parents, eighty percent of those marriages were in those poor areas. They were either forced or arranged. So, and um, right. uh, you know, and actually, I mean, I don't think this is the first time this has happened because there's been some of that that even happened in the United States. <clears throat> where some of the younger girls were married to uh, married off, I should say, to older men. And a lot of people don't talk about this in the United States, but we've had our challenges because my grandmother uh, told me some of the stories about mm-hmm. she was half uh, African-American and Cherokee Indian. And she talked about right. girls who were married to older men. Right. And it could have been 13, also transactional. Years old. So I don't know why people yeah. get so shocked sometimes, you know, when they start talking about these other countries, because it's happened right here in the good old United States. So I wanted to make <laughs> that statement. <laughs> right. And it's so unfortunate that it happens. It could also be a trans- transactional, you know, business that they can uh-huh. they manage to, you know, basically sell their girls in a way. And definitely I'm against it and always raise my voice. And that, I mean, women inequality in many ways, it's so huge in this world that it takes time to change it. And I really oh, am gosh. here to defy the stereotypes as a very small part of this solution, if I could be. I mean, at least we have to raise yeah. our voice and eventually yes, we do. it will change. Yes. I'm so glad that you were able to, you know, and probably, you know, a part of that was your destiny to move and to another country, India, where you could begin to maybe take a look and which is what you did to to become this international humanitarian advocate. Did you ever believe, you know, when you were young that this would happen to you? All the things that have happened to you to date would have occurred? (laughs) I really don't know how to answer that because there's two I can say yes and no. Um, mm-hmm. I want to sound very humble. Like I had this deep passion in me. I knew I would do something one day. I believed in mm-hmm. myself strongly mm-hmm. that yes, mm-hmm. I can make a difference. Number two, coming from that culture, I really didn't know how to. I was like, would that ever? Would I be able to do it? Would that ever happen? Before me getting basically killed or my family, which we mm-hmm. after my beauty pageant, we got a lot of death threats. Not only me, but my family. For three oh, months, wow. we were kind of hiding away. Uh, we had actually priests coming to, because my parents' address in America, it was public. So priests uh-huh. coming to the house, knocking at the door, and I would open the door. They would not talk to me. They're like, we need to speak to the president of the house. I'm like, he's, my father, if you refer to my father, he's not here, but he wouldn't speak to me. They weren't even having eye contact with me. Like there were five men repeatedly Ooh. come knock at the door and trying to talk to me. And I knew why they were there because of me, but, it was very scary. And now, deep inside, like I said, I, w- I knew I would uh-huh. do that. But uh-huh. I was young. At that time, you really can't comprehend. You really don't know your abilities. Right. But I really feel lucky that God helped me reach my dreams and goals. Right. He certainly did. What sparked your interest, though, in beauty pageants? You know, I know, you're, you know, if, if my listeners out there could see you, she is absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. We do have your picture up, uh, social media. But what sparked your interest in beauty pageants, of all things? So being involved from childhood with 
and uh, volunteer work and charity uh-huh. work and contribute uh-huh. contribution to the society. Uh-huh. That kind of um, also I don't want to show off, but I was like the top A student in my high school, uh-huh. so they were always having events for me, just specifically for me mentioning, basically mm-hmm. to motivate other students to okay. say that she's winning these awards and this and that. Mm-hmm. It kind of gave me um, a perspective like, okay, if they're actually doing, I was a, in high school, I was a teenager, so they're doing such a big ceremony for me to um, have an impact on other students. Maybe I can do something I might have something in me. Maybe in the future I can expand that. So being on top A student in high school, we had uh-huh. one beauty pageant in Afghanistan in 1990, I believe. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I wasn't willing to, uh, I mean, I wanted to go, but I was worried about the society image. My dad, being an Afghan man, he might refuse to allow, he won't allow me to participate. So uh-huh. my instructors all called my parents saying that, you know, your daughter has all these qualifications. Finally, my dad agreed, and I participated. It was an intercontinental hotel in Afghanistan, and I did a beauty pageant, and it really felt good. And um, it wasn't more about, like, obviously dressing or fashion or sex uh-huh. appeal. It was just more about being the top A student. And uh-huh. that kind of made me dream about participating in international pageants, but of course that part of me was dormant, that that uh-huh. I never uh-huh. thought I would be able to being an Afghan girl. I'm like, yeah, I like it, I love to, but nah, I don't think it's going to happen. So coming to America, again, I was involved with volunteer work, charity. In one of these events, um, it was about children, I believe. Uh, I was in a fundraising, and I got lucky to meet Susan Jeske, my director. Mm-hmm. Oh, she yes. also is yeah, she's also Miss America, um, mm-hmm. and she invited, I met her, I had the pleasure of meeting her, and she invited me to one of the local pageants, and I was like, no, I'm going to college, I'm working, I think it's going to be hard, my family may not allow me, not sure. She's like, just come, it's the weekend, you could try it, give it a try. So I took, it was difficult to be working mm-hmm. full-time and going to college. I managed to do it, oh my God, that was a dream come true. I was like- in heaven. <laughs> Yes. You felt like you yes. had you had arrived, more or less. You had met your oh, call. Oh yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, tell me, where were you in the United States? Were you in Southern California, or back? Yes, East? Orange County. Orange okay, County. you were in Southern California because I know Susan is from that area. I do believe, right? Yes, oh well, yes. that's wonderful. Well, you know what? We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about how you navigated that red bikini. swimsuit (laughs) that caused a sensation so to my listeners out there stay tuned we'll be right back with my guest today miss vita samazai your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Looking for something new and exciting? It's finally here. Yes, introducing a new internet TV network. Transformation Success with founder, president, CEO, and Voice America radio talk show host, Dr. Barbara Young. 
So listeners, you can now see Dr. Young each week on our new show, The Total Woman, along with her co-hosts from around the globe. And there are several channel categories to engage you, such as financial, health and wellness, personal empowerment, music to inspire, inspiration and motivation, career, professional development, and Did I mention Dream Connections? This is your personal invitation to view the Transformation Success TV Network each week on Fridays for your viewing pleasure at the VoiceAmerica.tv Network. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hey there, and welcome back to my guest today, Ms. Vita Samazai. Wow, it is an absolute pleasure to have her on the show today. And Vita, again, I want to thank you for taking time from your busy schedule to come and share with the listeners today. You know, I was thinking about that special award that was ever given and a beauty for a cause that came from the President of the United States for your tireless charity work. And I just want to, again, thank you and commend you for having such a high achievement to help Thank women you. and to be that international humanitarian advocate. So as we were talking about your journey, wow, you get asked by Susan Jeske to try out your top A student. You moved to Southern California in 1992, I believe you told me. So here you yeah. are, a full-time student, and you're asked to be in a beauty pageant. And You started going on weekends, and you felt like you had come into your calling. So tell us a little bit of what that was about, and how did you get your dad and mom to accept the fact you're going to be in a beauty contest, (laughs) a beauty pageant? (laughs) Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, First of all, thank you for having me on the show. The pleasure is mine. Um, Anything that I can do to send my voice out there for women's rights, I'll take that opportunity. And it was lovely meeting you as well. You have such wonderful charismatic personality that (laughs) I was interested to talk to. So thank you. Um, Susan Jeske, after I uh, met her, of course, I participated with her persuasion and her beauty pageant. It was local. Mm -hmm. And after that, I, okay, I have to be honest. I didn't tell Mm -hmm. my dad. I only (laughs) told my mom. (laughs) That's okay. Some things we have to do, but we have to do. (laughs) I mean, I didn't lie. I just didn't give him the information. You just didn't tell him. Yeah. So okay. my mom, my sister, she was very young at that time, and my brothers, two of them, I believe, they, I asked them to come join me, and they, they did. So it was no big deal. I didn't have to wear two pieces of bikini. The one piece bikini I wore, I believe I had a sarong around it, a wrap, and it was no big deal. And I was on top um, four, I believe. I was... Mm-hmm. I won something from that pageant. And again, the fact that I was participating in pageant was good enough for me. I really didn't need to win anything. So the winner of that pageant would go to Miss Earth. She would qualify to go to Miss Earth. So I didn't win that pageant and another person won, but she ended up going to Miss Earth. And this is a Uh year before me. Uh The next pageant, 
Susan again invited me to Miss Earth because I was qualified to go there. And honestly, I had no idea what Mm -hmm. change it would bring in my life and not only my life, many other people's lives because later on, the fact that I participated in a pageant, many Afghan men, which is so surprising, Afghan Mm -hmm. men sent email to me saying, thank you so much for opening the doors for our girls, our daughters. Oh, that's great. I'm I'm still getting goosebumps. Yes, remembering reading that email. Yeah. Oh, wow. So after that pageant, um, local pageant, I was qualified to go to the international pageant. And the minute I, la- like, we landed, a bunch of mm-hmm. the girls from America and many other countries went as well. The minute I landed and I left the plane, I did really had no idea that my life would change. And once I walked the press conference, um, in the press conference, once I walked in my red bikini, again, in an intercontinental hotel in Manila, <laughs> I didn't know the power of media, internet, and oh, the digital world. God. <laughs> that was after the fall of the Taliban, yes, 2003. And my God, I lost weight. I lost appetite. I was under so much stress. I had my parents, my family, they supported me. But at the same time, they were also not prepared for such a big thing. And sometimes I felt like I wish they were physically with me. They couldn't even be with me because of death threats and many things. I didn't want them. Basically, I was protecting my family, so I was fighting this all alone by myself. Uh In a matter of like one month in October 2003. And then I also was worried about my girls. There were 70 girls from all over the world. And Uh I didn't want to be in the same bus as we had group A and B. Because what if something happened because of me, other girls would suffer. I really, they were taking me on a special car uh, with chaperone oh. and bodyguards. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. I'm sure you what had is that. All this? <laughs> you sparked a firestorm, lady, a true firestorm. <laughs> so uh, how did you get through it? Did you have mentors or supporters? And how did you handle any of the negativity? Um, even though I'm not such a religious person, but I had God with me. I uh-huh. believed in destiny. Whatever was going to happen was meant to happen. Uh-huh. It's nice to stand for what you believe. And even yes. if you sacrifice in any way you do, it's worth it because at least you stood for it. Instead of sitting quiet and be silent. It uh-huh. taught me so much. I really was young and naive and I didn't know anything I was so polite, not, I mean, I'm still polite, um, <laughs> but what I'm are. saying is, <laughs> thanks, <laughs> I, but I'm, my point is, like, I can say no if I have to or if I don't want to something. Mm-hmm. I used to mm-hmm. not be able to do that because of the way I was brought up or culturally, you have to respect the elders and don't right. talk back. All that slightly changed in a respectful way, but it was tough. It was tough. I needed my family. They were there for me, but not physically, everybody else, all the other contestants, they were with their boyfriends, sisters, Mm -hmm. mothers, fathers. Mm -hmm. I had nobody. Um, And Susan came, of course. I had God and I had the world supporters. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. could always get their quotes from the media people because we had such a tight schedule. In the morning, we would wake up at five, make up hair, get ready, go to our, do our duties for a month Mm -hmm. uh, with Mm -hmm. sponsors, come home, or to the hotel. I call it home because I travel so much. Mm-hmm. So come back to the hotel by t- 10 p.m. I had a bunch of line of media waiting for me, journalists. And I would oh. get to my bed by 12. 
Oh wow! The whole month was this was yeah. It wasn't a it wasn't a the grass looks greener on the other side, but when the glamorous world, it also can be hard. Yes, so, yes. Yeah. I can well imagine. How did you handle the press? Did you have did you have somebody step forward to be your press agent, or did they beauty pageants apply those people for you? The ha- what we call I handlers. Absolutely, I absolutely mm-hmm. had no mentor, nobody except Susan Jeske, who was obviously before the pageant. This is another funny story. She was trying to convince me to go to the pageant, the international one. I said, nah, I have a good job. Soon I'm going to get promoted to a loan officer, which means like lots of money because Mm -hmm. they were all promoting, praising me that you're good with people. You should just go sell the loans to brokers. So I was really going to get that. And I was happy with my job. I was going to university, going to the gym, my parents, simple life. Mm -hmm. So Susan Jeske is like, Vida, you have to go. It's been your dream. I know you told me it's your dream apply. Mm-hmm. I said, I can't. I don't want to lose my job. Plus, I'm not sure what my parents will feel and my my people, my society, my mm-hmm. Afghans. Right. She's like, okay, it's up to you, but I'm just saying it's, you've been waiting for this. It's girl's dream. It's every girl's dream who's interested in this pageant. I said, mm, not sure. I went home. I slept I, on it, and then I woke up in the morning. I was like, you know what? Why not? Let me take a chance. It is, uh, I've been dreaming for this all this life, and there's an opportunity. What mm-hmm. should stop me? Just society, people, the way they talk? I shouldn't let mm-hmm. that stop me. Mm-hmm. In four days, I bought my own gown. I bought bikinis. I bought my outfits, traditional Afghan outfits. I bought everything all by myself, because usually girls get sponsors. And I was young. Like, mm-hmm. I only had one job, and I was going to university. So, in four days, I decided to do this pageant, and I went wow, to four days? So, yes, I had four days. <laughs> lifetime, they prepare for it. They work out the massages or facials, all that. I did nothing. So I had no mentors except Susan Jeske, um, basically for the previous pageant, the local one. She was kind of guiding me how to walk, smile. Mm-hmm. In my culture, we're not supposed to smile because that considers that you're basically yes. inviting guys yes, to right. you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So to break that rule was so difficult because Susan Jeske was like giving me all these hints. And when I went there, I had no one to guide me on a daily basis. I was handling it all by myself. And I didn't even know much about, I really didn't know anything about um, how to speak with, to the media. Whatever my heart was saying, it just mm-hmm. came natural. And I wasn't prepared for it at all. Wow. But you did an incredible job, incredible ah, enough to be uh, causing you. a worldwide media frenzy, really. <clears throat> so what did thank it feel you. like? Here you are on Time Magazine, you're on all these magazines because of raising the awareness. What did that do, do you think, for some of your Afghan women friends? Um, would that happen with the media and all that, again, I wasn't prepared. I really mm-hmm. didn't know what fame was. I didn't really mm-hmm. want fame. Mm-hmm. I wasn't thirsty for it. It just happened. And I had to deal... The stress of the whole thing really killed the moment for me of, like, enjoying, like, wow. Like, it didn't sink in. Like, media, CNN... I know I watched CNN, even in Afghanistan, we used to watch it, but... What's the big deal for me to be in the media? It really did not affect me at all. I, I, maybe I was like in a shocking stage, like what's happening? 
So I had to keep my head above the water not to sink it, drown, because nobody was there to guide me. My family physically wasn't there, even though uh-huh. they were supportive. But they were shocked themselves because the media was hassling them and at home and then friends and from all over the world. It, it was hard for them more than even uh-huh. me because uh-huh. I believe I'm a strong person. I can handle any obstacle in life. I just have to have positive attitude to move forward. And that's uh-huh. what I did. But my other Afghan girls, uh, I had a lot of supporters at that time. Of course, there were people who were against me, and then there were supporters, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. Afghan women mainly, and they were very happy for what I did. In fact, a few of them, at that time, it was difficult to contact the hotel to connect you to the room. They didn't even know what room number and all that. Mm-hmm. I actually had three, like five phone calls from strangers to my room, women, Afghan women supporting me, saying, go for it. Don't get Oh, up. that's great. That is marvelous. That is very touching. That is touching. That is my touching. Own... Yeah. That is touching. You know, I, I'm intrigued. Even my own family, sorry to interrupt, but even my no, own family, but... like some of them were against it. And from Europe, one of my uh, cousins, she called me and she's like, go for it. We're happy. Oh, that's wonderful. Because, you know, we're always going to have criticisms. And that's one of the things, that's a fact in life. I've often said that people criticize when they see success. It's almost like they see, and I've said this, they smell or they see the S over your head and people who <laughs> will attack it rather than that is give so you the true. support that, that you need. True. I'm intrigued yeah. too because, uh, Vita, what I'm picking up <clears throat> is there were some values that were instilled in you early on that maybe you can share with the listeners, because I truly believe you live your values. And a girl coming from Afghanistan, you had earlier values that were instilled in you that helped you to believe and caused you to be the passionate woman you are today. What do you think those values were? Family, hard work, what what do you think? I would say family, and Mm -hmm. I do see some traits from my grandparents in me. I was Mm -hmm. just discussing that with my mom the other day, that how loving they were. They were brought up in good family. My grandfather was the minister of the construction, but he never once took a penny as a bride. My grandma was like, she, I don't think she was uh, very educated, just high school, my mom's mother, but oh my God, she was a businesswoman. She had land, properties. She'd go travel around the world and come Mm -hmm. back with like, you know, she had a trade, she was doing trading and also she was very uh, outspoken she mm-hmm. couldn't let anyone mess with her. And my <laughs> other grandmother, she was, I know, my other grandmother, she was a widow, and yet she raised six children, including my father, who has his master's degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, all these, I think, comes from my culture, from my blood, from my Afghans, known to be hospitable. They're known to be fighters. They're known to be very brave. I feel I'm very thankful to my culture, my people, and I love my country. Mm-hmm. It's sad what's happening to them right now, but... I'm hopeful one day will change. Well, we go and and we like I've heard someone say we keep hope alive. That's the main thing. We keep hope alive. What were some of the the most difficult choices, or maybe one difficult choice you had to make, uh, and what was the outcome? What was one of the most difficult choice you had to make? About the pageant, or just generally in life? Just generally, you know. uh, And you know what. I'm going to have you think about that question uh, because I know that's kind of a heavy question, but we all have choices because I believe we're the sum total 
of the choices we make in life. And that's not an original comment for me. That's Eleanor Roosevelt that said, you are the sum total of the choices you make. And truly, we are. So I'm going to ask you that question when we come back from break. So listeners, I want you to stay tuned. We're going to be right back after this quick commercial break with my guest, Miss Vita Samazai. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Looking for something new and exciting? It's finally here. Yes, introducing a new internet TV network. Transformation Success with founder, president, CEO, and Voice America radio talk show host, Dr. Barbara Young. So listeners, you can now see Dr. Young each week on her new show, The Total Woman, along with her co-hosts from around the globe. And there are several channel categories to engage you, such as financial, health and wellness, personal empowerment, music to inspire, inspiration and motivation, career, professional development, and did I mention dream connections? This is your personal invitation to view the Transformation Success TV Network each week on Fridays for your viewing pleasure at the voiceamerica.tv network. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello there, and welcome back with my interview today with the first Miss Afghanistan, Miss California State. She was Miss America, winner of the first and only Beauty for a Cause Award. She has Miss Miss Congeniality Award, Miss Friendship Award, Miss America State Award. I can tell you, this woman is phenomenal. phenomenal. And I am so excited to have her on the show today because she actually is telling about her experiences of life and how one day she's going to be turning this into a book, and I know it's going to be a movie. So, Vita, welcome (laughs) back. We're going to have a great time talking about this is going to be a movie, I tell you. Can you just see it? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yeah. I can see this movie. Well, one of the questions uh, that when we went on break and I was asking you about choices and what were some of the most difficult choices you had to make, or one of them? And what were some of the outcomes as a result of the choice you made? Well, Good or bad? Biggest, <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> biggest decision, it's obvious, that's why I'm here talking to you, is about the beauty pageant. But before that, what was tough was I'm a family person, and I left my family knowing, well, not knowing, like uh, I'm, I was thinking predicting there's going to be a war, but no, knowing that there was a war back home in Afghanistan, and I had to leave my family. Leaving that airport or getting to the plane, looking into my parents' eyes and my brother's, I didn't know my sister at that time. She wasn't even born, but 
it was so hard for me to leave mm-hmm. my hometown, my my family, my mm-hmm. everything, my comfort zone, going to the yes. unknown. And that by itself, I was a teenager, and that by itself requires some guts to do that. But I, that was hard. Even now thinking about it, I, I have tears in my eyes, like, wow, how did I do that? But I managed it. I lived alone, learned about a different culture. It wasn't hard for me to adjust in America for some reason. I knew English from Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took me a month to get my driver's license. I was driving back there as well. My dad was teaching me and my brother, young brother, um, mm-hmm. how to drive. So things. it wasn't a huge cultural shock, but of course the differences between Eastern culture and Amer- Western culture, all that. Right. And I grasped it very well. Like I love, I love having my own culture at the same time I'm an American woman. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all the both values from both culture, I love it. And the other decision was just the fact that should I, well, I was thinking, should I go with this decision of the beauty pageant participating in it or should I not? Because if I do, it's going to uh-huh. be chaos. It's going to be a stir. Uh-huh. I didn't know how big globally, but I just thought among my society, to begin with family from uh-huh. Europe or from uh-huh. Afghanistan. Oh, like that. And then, yeah, like my aunts and uncles and cousins. Uh-huh. And some of them trust me. I still, I don't mean family, but maybe, but I still hear negative things from some people mm-hmm. or this and that. But I feel like people should not judge a book by its cover. You should get to know someone. That's Look at right. my contribution. I'm not doing the contribution after the pageant. I've been doing it since I was a young kid, seven years right. old or so. Right. So right. it's the personality and the heart that one should look at, not really. I didn't do the pageant for personal gain or fame. It just mm-hmm. happened. So that was the second decision in my life to make to participate in this pageant. But it, I'm happy I don't regret it at all. I'm I'm glad you made the difference because you certainly have made a difference, Vita. One of the things that was intriguing to me, um, because I, I traveled quite a bit to other cultures, right. and, you know, I was wondering, when you came um, to the United States, in particular in Southern California, because it's a little different from back east or even at the Midwest, but you come to Southern California, did you ever sort of... Um, have this feeling about, or maybe the awareness that the women here have freedoms that they take so much for granted. Did you ever sort of take a look at that and say, wow, do they realize the freedoms that they do have that other countries and women in other countries do not have the freedom to be, the freedom to wear what you want to wear, to even say things, to be, you know, did you ever ponder that or think about that? I was just intrigued yeah, of by course. that. <laughs> of course, I, I saw the difference. And in my, one of my, in my university, Cal State Fullerton, one of the classes was um, inter, Intercultural mm-hmm. Society. That was the name of the class, I believe. And it was so interesting to me because it was showing me the difference between different cultures, especially Eastern and Western. Mm-hmm. And of course, I saw that. I love how American women are free to raise your voice, speak up, and they could wear what they want to. Of course, even now, when I go to these Afghan gatherings, I still have to think twice as what I'm wearing, <laughs> despite of me being, yeah, yeah seriously. And now it's, it's more being respectful. That's what I was going to say. Now it's more about like being respectful and not really being uncomfortable and not offending. So it's not like, oh, I cannot wear what I want to. Yes, but I have to mm-hmm. consider the whole event or group of people at- attending. But with Americans, I, 
ladies or women, I've seen the difference. Yes. What I don't like sometimes, and I don't mean to put, obviously, every culture has good and bad. Mm-hmm. I was brought up in this culture where my mom was cooking for us. My dad was coming from work, and we were all happy families sitting in a dining table eating dinner. Mm-hmm. And if my parents were to argue or discuss something, they would do it outside. Um, like the kitchen, see it. I understand all that, but American ladies, sometimes I feel like, not all, obviously. I'm not no, judging. No, I know. Um, like there's certain family values that you have to uh, maintain. For example, having a warm house, don't focus on negativity to end up getting a divorce. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not happy, work on it. Come to agreement. The divorce rate is so high. I mean, have you, do they even think about the children? They would come mm-hmm. up with a psychological issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least till they turn 18, you have to sacrifice and communicate or sometimes the husband works so hard, comes home, there's no meal. And she, for mm-hmm. example, it's a few incidents that I've seen. I'm not saying all, but generally, yeah. From mm-hmm. e- yeah, even that class in university, we were, our teacher was discussing it, that sometimes they take it for granted. But if they t- travel outside the United States, they might kind of have a different perception and might change their behavior right. towards that household. I, right. I'm glad you spoke about that because I think... When we get back to family, it's family values and really respecting um, having a happy home. And women, I have to say, we do set the tone. We set the atmosphere for the home. We certainly do. That's right. That's and I right. really want. That doesn't mean that. Doesn't mean that it's always you know perfect. But we do set the atmosphere. And uh, right. I was a part of that culture because I've lived long enough to go through several eras, I should say. And that was one of the things I was very. <laughs> big on, and that's having a family meal and having a very good discussion and not having arguments uh, around the table or even around the children. So that's something I personally value. Because eventually it affects the society, the children Mm. you bring up in this world. I know. I know. Well, tell me, how did you go from um, the pageants uh, and then you went, you became an actress. So did someone ask, you went from being, you know, you won all these uh, these uh, beauty awards and contests, and then um, you actually did something in China where you were representing America. I mean, you won yeah. so many. This just sort of happened to you. And then um, you got approached uh, from Bollywood, and yeah. they invited you to model in the Miss Universe, and then you ended up being... And being an actress, so was that a natural progression, Vita? Well, again, I had that passion in me. Afghans love, um, majority of the Eastern countries, they're so <laughs> exposed to Bollywood, Indian movies. And I remember brought, being brought up as a child watching Hindi movies, and they had an effect on us. They maintained their culture at the same time. They were very modernized. Mm-hmm. And they're very open-minded. So I kind of like that democ- democratic country, India. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. how they still uh, keep their attires. They travel around the world. They love their own food. And they keep that family values, but they're very modernized as well. So that was one place I was attracted to watching movies, besides Hollywood. But mm-hmm. Indian culture <laughs> has a different effect. Because my dad had studied in India, and that's another reason we were more exposed to that culture. Okay. And when I did the beauty pageant from China, that was another pageant I did representing America, I ran into 
he has a few directors or producers, and I loved Miss India with me. She was my friend, and she's like, come over to India. So I paid a visit to India in 2005, just for a month after China, my pageant. And once, because to them, I'm like, they knew me. They were aware of me because of the news, and it's something closer to their culture as well. So they were willing to interview me and invite me to all these events and gatherings. So one thing led to another, mm-hmm. like the biggest the superstar of India, Salman Khan is his name. Yes. Uh, Natalie, yeah, Natalie was Miss Universe in 2005. All three of us went and fought for, uh, basically it was a fight for AIDS, uh, AIDS awareness event. Oh, We went right. around different cities in India. So Salman mm-hmm. Khan I met. And through that, they ended up inviting me to so many uh, fashion shows and events, and I did commercials, and finally acting in a few movies, but I do love acting. It's my passion. The only thing is, I honestly um, want to focus on humanitarian work versus like really going to all these auditions. If there's an opportunity they want me to do movies, why not? But I'd rather take my time on the business aspect of my life and then also the contribution to the world so if movies I still love but I have passion for and from there I did the biggest show watched in Asia called Big Boss Big oh, Brother oh yeah you became a household yeah, name so. in India <laughs> because of that oh my well. god I mean forget about guys obviously young guys they like you they like any girls but grandmas grandfathers child children different ages they were all hugging me and holding me like they loved me that much i really didn't think they would do that but they did great feeling oh i know that must have been so great now along the line i did not know did you happen to find a partner a a mate because i wasn't sure um you mean through this process yeah, did you find a a, a mate, a husband? Yeah, well, well, um, that's a bit personal, and I kind of get shy saying it. But throughout the process, no, I've been alone. I've been just fighting this whole thing and mm-hmm. um, live, you know, it's called life. I've been handling it all by myself. Places that that's I've fun. visited, I've been like so bored in my hotel room or the room service. Like I wouldn't even just go out. So much you get so exhausted from the fact that you I can imagine it's a glamorous, yeah <laughs> so you just want to be in your pajamas watch TV and eat so not really I mean yes there are people who are interested in stuff and but at that time now I was just alone that's okay that's okay where did you, where did you see uh, women's rights going today um, and I know you've given it some thought in particular women's rights in general? Um, it's definitely changing. Um, mm-hmm. In one of uh, the speeches I was giving to some class in college recently, mm-hmm. uh, I mentioned a few ladies, historical figures, as Susan B. Anthony, how she was basically promoting women's and workers' rights. She mm-hmm. started campaigning. There's, there's like um, Eleanor Roosevelt, how she was a voice behind her husband. She was always mm-hmm. standing and giving speeches. Like Chanel, for example, Coco Chanel, how mm-hmm. poor she was and look what she has built and of course mm-hmm. now she's gone, mm-hmm. sadly. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's changing, it's slowly changing, but mm-hmm. countries like even first world, like England, 
um, look at the Queen and America. I mean, we're still we're still not there fully, uh-huh. but we definitely see changes. But countries like ours, Afghanistan, or or yeah. mm-hmm. some Middle Eastern countries, I feel like those at least should come to us at least to a certain humanitarian human level. You know, like the women's rights equals human rights. Uh-huh. Hillary Clinton was saying one of her quotes was that human rights. Uh, she was saying human rights are women's rights. Women rights are human rights. So at least yes, some countries we at least need to consider human rights, and then we can focus on women rights. Right. But slowly it's changing. But it takes, I'm sure, a centuries to probably reach to the level I want to, and I won't be there by then. <laughs> well, we all want to see it reach some level, but. I just want to thank you so much for being on the show today. And I do know that women's rights in Afghanistan are improving, uh, but very slowly on an international level. But things um, I know are breaking through. And I believe in prayer and meditation uh, and knowing that there is a God. And yet Afghanistan is still one of the most challenging places in the world to be a woman. But I know that there's women like you Vita, who've made a difference as a trailblazer, who have had some significant accomplishments, but most importantly, they haven't affected you where you've become selfish and, you know, sort of get caught up in the glory and and all the beauty of this industry, but to keep a level head. And I really want to thank you for that. And that was one of the things that sort of drew me to you. And to see that passionate woman you are today who evolved from being this little shy girl who probably wasn't as accomplished as a speaker, but look at you today. So I want to thank you again for being on the show today. And I'm going to be in touch with you. Let me tell you, you're not getting away. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to be in touch with you. And I'm certain, I am certain that the listeners have benefited very much from your story today. And I want to wish you all the best in your future endeavors. And if any of my listeners miss this show today, you have got to download it so that you can hear her story. As a matter of fact, I may bring her back for part two on some of the things that she is didn't answer today because I didn't have enough time to really uh, get into a lot more discussion. But again, thank you for listening. And Vita, I want to wish you all the best for your future endeavors and just keep on doing what you're doing to help women and to be that fashionable woman, but also that passionate woman who's making a difference <laughs> and be a trailblazer. So thank you for being on the show today. So listeners, I want thank to thank you, you very so much. much. And this is Dr. Barbara Young. I'm signing off until next Tuesday where we'll have another interesting guest on the show. Thank you for listening. Be blessed and be ever be forever transformed. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Have an outstanding week.